Hi there, I'm Russ, and welcome to Dapper Dividends. I'm beyond a beginner, far from an expert, and there's a good chance I know something you don't. The following content are my opinions on investing in life and are not financial advice, but shared for your fun and entertainment. Now that's Dapper. Hola amigos míos, Dapper Dividends number 15. I am Russ. And this is May 29th, 2020. It is a Friday night. Wherever you're hearing my voice and whenever you are hearing my voice, thank you for listening and checking me out. So I'm going to get into what I bought. I'm going to get into some show stats. I'm going to give a quick thought on the market direction. I am going to tell you later about how I delivered my daughter, Josie, Josephine, unplanned and unexpected. And then I'll tell you the song of the show. So let's get into it. My show stats continue to go up, which is cool. And I thank you. I am humbled by that. I now have 321 total plays. Awesome. My expected audience size is 21. 21. And I have now earned over $3. It is official. I have earned $3 and 13 cents from doing this podcast how cool is that i'm getting to do something i love something i enjoy few uh few minutes every week i get to talk to you and tell you what i'm thinking what i'm doing what i'm buying and what i am looking at so i'll get into my buys but this market i think we are starting to hit a peak i think we're going to hit some indecision here looks like we're starting to chop a little bit sideways and those candles are getting a little bit smaller so we're going to see if we're going to go down i think we have another leg down i think we're going to have a w i think there's just too much negative market data to overlook the market's driven by earnings and right now earnings are terrible all the companies just have pulled have just pulled their guidance and they don't want to say where they think they're going because they don't know so I think this has been a little bit over exuberance on the part of investors to get back to normal and I think it's a little premature and that's why I have not been buying very rapidly or been buying very big I've been dollar cost averaging in so what have I bought well I'll start with my taxable brokerage account and the reason I have a taxable brokerage account is because I want to use that money and I plan to use that money before I retire, before I'm 65. So there's definitely pros and cons of having all your money either in a taxable or in a retirement account. Uh, With the retirement, obviously, you're not going to be able to touch that until you retire. So that's why I do have both. So in my taxable, only a couple shares, very small, only one buy this week. I bought some more shares of PepsiCo ticker symbol PEP and I bought those at $130 and 70 cents and Pepsi's been kind of chopping sideways my price target is just over $133 so Pepsi is still undervalued in my opinion but just slightly not as much as I wish I would have gotten into it uh, several weeks ago and then another thing I did is I sold a covered call on Neo my infamous Chinese car company the tesla slayer not uh i sold a covered call on that how old is that i remember we used to say that all the time in junior high i don't even remember what that's from it might not be from anything we just used to say it all the time so i sold a ticker symbol nio covered call 
I sold that for a $6 covered call uh, that expires June 19th, 2020. I sold that for 13 cents a share for the premium. So that is $13 I received on that. So if Neo closes below $6 a share, actually that would be $6.13 a share, then I will keep all those shares and my $13. And the way I look at that is kind of like a dividend. Now obviously Neo does not pay a dividend and I am a dividend growth investor, but I do like to get, I like to scratch that trading bug and I like to throw money into something that's speculative. And boy, did I throw some money into it. Neo that I did not get out of, but that's okay. You live and you learn and I'm always learning and I hope I am always learning until the day I die. And it's why I am a terrible trader and why I love dividend growth investing so much. So that's all I did. Bought some shares of Pepsi and I sold a Neo covered call. Now what was I saying about Neo? Oh yeah, I was saying that Neo doesn't pay a dividend and because I am a dividend growth investor, I like to look at that as when I sell a covered call on a non-dividend paying stock that that is kind of like me receiving a dividend from them. Good enough. We'll see what happens with that. I will let you all know. And then as I get into the self-directed IRA, this is the account that I rolled over $30,000 from a mutual fund centric American funds portfolio I have through my work. I was able to roll $30,000 out of that and into this Charles Schwab self-directed IRA. And I am dollar cost averaging in. Uh, may have been a mistake of sorts because I didn't think the market would recover this quickly, but that's okay. I'm gonna dollar cost average in and I'm sharing with you how I do that. So we're treating it as if that was a lump sum that I got of the $30,000. Uh, working on that portfolio still. Life happens. I've been very busy at work, very busy with family. So very busy making my stashing worthy acorns, doing this podcast, looking into logo animation. That's something I'll talk about at later as well. Uh, so I've just been very busy. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I have the portfolio tracker spreadsheet pretty close to done. It may be another week or two before I, I reveal it. I guess on YouTube and you can actually download it and use it for yourself and I'll try and do a weekly update very quick five minute or so video to update what's been going on with that portfolio just so you can see a visual on that so what I did buy is I added to it I already have Johnson & Johnson shares so I added Johnson & Johnson two shares at $145 and 75 cents that was something I had bought last week as a line in the sand and this was below my line so that's the trick I said I like to draw that line and it makes it easier to add when the price does drop below that line in the sand so speaking of lines in the sand in the SDIRA the self-directed IRA I drew three lines in the sand so as I was looking at the market it's getting so much harder to find value everything's very I think at the the trough we were on average stocks were about 30% undervalued and right now they are about 5% undervalued so very close to even very hard to find some deals so in a situation like this I looked I like to go on Finviz and I like to look at the sector performance and the worst performing sectors right now are energy uh, financial 
and the industrials. So I added from two of those. Um, first of all, first off, I brought some. I drew a line in the sand with Procter and Gamble. I bought four shares at $112.65. So Procter and Gamble, the PE on that is 65.11, which is way higher than the sector average. So its sector average is 15.38 PE, but that's okay because I'm buying it for the dividend. That is why most people buy it for the dividend. It's super stable, super safe, very low risk of that dividend being cut as we saw that they raised it during the midst of the the drop in equity prices in March. They've been paying that consecutively raising dividend for 63 years. That's solid, that's safe, and that is why Procter & Gamble is so expensive because you are getting what you pay for. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. Yeah, I'm paying a higher price, but I'm getting a really high value, so I am super comfortable buying Procter & Gamble at these high valuations. And then I drew another line in the sand from the financial industry, J.P. Morgan and Chase Company. This is a stock I've looked at for many years and I've always wanted to get into. So I got J.P. Morgan, four shares. I drew a line in the sand at $99.99. Why? Because I see those quadruple nines and it just looked more appealing than 100. So my line in the sand with J.P. Morgan is $99.99. And it has a ridiculously low P.E. of 11.76, which the sector is a P.E. average of 19. So compared to the sector, it's way undervalued. Their payout ratio for the dividend is 26% of free cash flow. Now, when I look at the dividend payout ratio, I really don't like to use earnings per share because there's so many hijinks that can go on with those numbers. It's very manipulated. They can factor in all kinds of depreciation uh, and whatnot. So I really love doing free cash flow. It's super solid number. That's very hard to be manipulated because people in the companies do not want to go to jail. So word of the wise, I like to use free cash flow numbers when I look at many different metrics. So I bought JP Morgan. Uh, actually, fun in, fun fact, 71% of institutions hold JP Morgan. The higher that number, the more confident that the big hedge funds and the big uh, mutual funds are of incorporating those companies. So that's another metric of safety that you can feel uh, investing in those companies. So that was JP Morgan. And then my last one was a favorite. I wear their masks at work. We have their thermostat upstairs was Honeywell uh, from the industrial sector. I bought three shares at $145.50. They had a PE of 16.7, which is a little bit higher than the sector uh, average at 15.3. Another quick stat. So as I show with free cash flow, 37% of the dividend based on free cash flow is paid out. So that is super safe. Anything really under, I know they say 70%, but I really like to go about uh, 60% just to make sure I'm being safe with that. So with JP Morgan, it was 26% of free cash flow. Uh, Honeywell is 37%, really low. Uh, I don't think I told Procter Gamble's. Theirs was 53%. So all safe. I like to be under 60% when I'm starting out. 
And Honeywell, again, held by 76% of institutions, super high number, not going anywhere, very solid company and very diversified. As I was researching a little bit, I don't know if you know this, but Honeywell, you know, we in America especially, we like to think of them as being involved in, uh, in thermostats and air control, things of that nature in the house, uh, HVAC. But they are actually involved in the aerospace industry. They have components that go into satellite and space. I think that's awesome. They're building performance materials, obviously safety. I wear their dust mask when I'm welding. Uh, And also cloud-based software. So very cool. Very happy to add Honeywell. And I have been rambling on for 12 minutes and 20 seconds now, not including the pre-recorded intros that I rolled. So I'm going to take a break. Stick around, I'm going to tell you a quick story about how I delivered my daughter. But before I do that, make sure you follow me on Twitter at RustyRam78 and check out my YouTube channel. It's called Stashing Worthy Acorns, where I invested into the Stash app, the Worthy Bonds app, and the Acorns app with $50, and I'm adding $20 a month for two years and sharing the results every week. So check that out, and I will be right back. So let's jump right into it. So this goes back to December 28th, 2008, when my daughter was born. My oldest daughter is 15 months older than my youngest daughter. I only have two. So she was 15 months old. She was in her high chair. I was feeding her. My wife had been up all night with labor pains, and we knew that it was going to require a trip to the hospital. So I was feeding my daughter. And she wanted to get freshened up. She wanted to shower, make sure she was clean before, uh, you know, the doctors were around her as we were doing that beautiful thing of giving birth. And she was in the bathroom. I was feeding my daughter breakfast. This was in the morning. And all of a sudden, she starts calling for me to come in the bathroom. So that right away made me feel uncomfortable. Something was going on. Something was up and she thought she might have had to go to the bathroom and she said I don't think something is right something doesn't feel right and she had her hand between her legs and she said I don't know what to do I don't want to look and I said uh, I, I could just feel it. I said all right let me look and I she moved her hand and I could see my daughter's scalp and hair she was starting to come out boy did I freak out well I didn't so when I was in the Navy they taught us that if you panic and this goes back to boot camp training they said if you panic and you freak out your chance for survival goes down the chance for something bad and negative to happen goes up so no matter what you have to do you must remain calm and you must not freak out so I'll say I freaked out for about a second and then I just remembered that and I said, okay, we're going to call 911. And she tried to get up and said, we got to go to the hospital. And I said, nope, I'm, <laughs> if I'm doing this, I'm doing this in the house. I am not doing it uh, on the side of the road on the way to the hospital <clears throat> in December when it was snowing and cold. So I called 911, put it on speakerphone on the 
counter next to us as my wife was still on the toilet and we talked to 911 I told them what was going on I said we need paramedics right now and she said they were going to get dispatched and she said is the baby coming and I said yeah it looks like it's coming and she said you're probably going to have to deliver it I think it's actually all a blur so what happened was I remember getting towels and my daughter is in the kitchen this this time in her high chair. She's screaming and crying. She can sense something's wrong. She's trying to get out of her high chair. So I'm trying to keep her in there. And my wife is freaking out. We kind of took turns uh, freaking out. I threw about all the towels. We had uh, the nice lady on 911, the operator, the dispatcher, said we had to have towels to keep the baby warm. And I just remember asking, where are the paramedics? Where are those paramedics? They should be here by now. And anyway, long story short, uh, my daughter came quickly. Uh, The woman walked me through it. It's still kind of a blur. I remember guiding my daughter's head out, and it was obviously a very... I don't know how to say it. I don't know. We'll just say it looks, you know, you're, you're all adults. You know what a birth looks like. And it was crazy. So just my wife and myself in the bathroom with me kneeling at the, uh, at the, the bottom of the toilet there. And I delivered my daughter and I put her into a towel right away. And I noticed she was a daughter. And then the woman said I had to get a shoelace because I was going to need to tie off the umbilical cord. So I freaked out and I don't know why I ran down to my work boots and I got probably the dirtiest shoelace in the entire house off my work boots. And I had it on the counter. I was about ready to. And then I heard my wife talking to the woman and she was saying, come on, baby, breathe. Come on, come on. And my daughter wasn't breathing right away. And I don't know what my wife did. She uh, patted her back, got her breathing, and heard a baby crying, and it was an immediate sigh of relief. My other daughter was still in the kitchen, just a mess, just screaming and crying, and it was at that time I was about ready to start tying the umbilical cord, and I heard the door, I had the door open, and I kept asking the, uh, I kept asking 911 dispatcher, where in the hell are they? They should be here by now. Where are they? So we had a crying baby in my wife's arms, and the paramedics came right then. You know, I, I was, <laughs> that's one of the biggest moments of relief I've ever felt is when the paramedics got to my house, and they tied off the umbilical cord. I got to do the honors of cutting it, and then they took my wife and the baby to the hospital. Uh, funny thing, my, my mother and father-in-law were on the way to the hospital at this point, and they had known nothing about this, so... <laughs> I called them, told them uh, my wife and the baby were on the way to the hospital, and they thought I was joking. My father-in-law, he said, this is not the time for joking. He said, you you better not tell me the truth. What's going on? So, yeah, I told him. I said, well, baby came. We delivered it. They're on the way to the hospital, and I was with my other daughter, and we went to the hospital, and, yeah, the rest is history. Everything was normal and fine from then. But if you want to talk about a crazy day. I do remember I had one of the worst headaches from adrenaline that I've ever had in my life. That was something I will never forget. That's something my wife and I will always have and uh, share between us. So crazy story. Uh, if you want to, if you're hearing this and you want to talk to me about it, ask me any questions, 
Uh, find me on Twitter at RustyRam78. And that is, uh, yeah, that's uh, something not many people have done, something I never thought I would do. And that is something that obviously people used to do all the time. But in our modern society, that is not something that we are used to seeing or having to do, especially when it's unplanned. I know people have midwives and they like to give birth at home, but that's planned. (laughs) This was completely unplanned. It was basically like uh, I went in the bathroom. I was like, hey, you know what? What? You're going to deliver a baby right now. Go. (laughs) That's kind of what it felt like. So it was blindsided, but very cool. Everything turned out okay. And I'm very happy to report that my daughter is alive and well, and we are all doing just fine. All right, so I'm going to make a YouTube list of videos every time I do these because I love music. I'm a music file. I love all kinds of music. As you will see with this song, it may surprise some of you. So this song, every time I hear it, which is not very often, I usually have to go on YouTube if I want to reminisce. This is... True Blue by Madonna. So this song came out when I was in second grade. I remember I lived with my grandparents in Berwyn. My father had split, taken off, and I would spend time between my mother and my grandparents, which were my mother's parents. So I remember doing homework, and I would put the radio on at the time. Obviously, no internet, no internet radio or anything. So this was about 1985, 1985 when I was in second grade. So the song True Blue by Madonna, I remember hearing it. And then I remember sitting near a girl that I liked. I still remember her name, Maria Zanfordino, a Italian, fine Italian girl. And she liked that song. And I remember her telling somebody that sat next to her she really liked that song so I listened for it again and I tried to remember all the lyrics and it's just a very um, a very nice thought that it brings me back to a time and a place I can connect music I connect songs with where I was who I was around what the room what the settings looked like Uh, music can just transport me right back and give me that same feeling if I close my eyes. So when I hear True Blue by Madonna, I am in second grade. I'm in my grandparents' house in Berwyn, Illinois, doing homework, sitting at my desk in my room with the radio on, uh, and probably wearing corduroy pants as we all did back then. So check it out, True Blue by Madonna. Uh, I've rambled on long enough. Thanks for sticking around if you're still hearing this. I will be back on Tuesday to talk at you some more, tell you what I'm thinking. We'll see what the market's doing, what I'm buying, what I'm looking at buying, and whatever I want to talk about. It's my podcast. Do what I want. I'll do what I want. So I'll talk to you guys later. And remember, everyone you meet has something to teach you.